Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 3 of Let's Run, the Western Mass Running Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Gaudet. This podcast is made possible thanks to the resources at East Hampton Media. When I started this podcast last year, my vision was that it would focus on Western Mass Running, but primarily the Pioneer Valley region that includes Hamden, Hampshire, and Franklin Counties, as that's the population that the three big local running clubs draw from. However, Rob Landry from the Greater Springfield Harriers suggested that I also include Berkshire County, as there are a number of running events in that region organized by Canton Siobhan Lemmy from the Berkshire Running Center. I knew that the Steel Rail Half Marathon, which followed the rail trail from the Berkshire Mall in Lanesboro to Adams, was a well-organized event as I ran it in 2018 along with almost 650 other runners, and I enjoyed at least one Steel Rail Ale afterwards. Last October, the Steel Rail event was expanded to include a full marathon. This year, the event is on Sunday, May 22nd, and promises to be even larger, as the full marathon will begin and end in downtown Pittsfield at the trailhead of the newly expanded Ashwilda to Cook Rail Trail. I'm fortunate to have Kent and Siobhan Lemmy as my featured guests on today's podcast. Kent and Siobhan are the race directors for the Steel Rail events, and they own and operate the Berkshire Running Center in Pittsfield. In addition to a retail running store, the Berkshire Running Center also offers training groups as well as race production and timing, similar to the 4Run3 store in East Longmeadow that I've discussed many times in this podcast. In addition to getting ready for the upcoming races, Kent and Siobhan are moving the running center to a new location in Pittsfield in the Allendale Shopping Center, which is at the trailhead of the rail trail. There's a lot of exciting stuff going on in Pittsfield. Here's my conversation with Kent and Siobhan Lemmy, and stay tuned afterwards for a rundown of local running events, as well as my impressions from this year's Boston Marathon. I'd like to now introduce Kent and Siobhan Lemmy to the Let's Run podcast. Kent and Siobhan own and operate the Berkshire Running Center in Pittsfield. Kent is an elite runner and athlete, having won USA track and field events and Ironman competitions. Siobhan has run more than 15 marathons and has worked as a personal and group trainer for a number of years, even before the Berkshire Running Center was opened. Kent and Siobhan are the race directors for the Steel Rail Races, which include a half marathon and 8K, and last year featured a full marathon for the first time. This year, the Steel Rail Races will take place on Sunday, May 22nd, and feature a new route that finishes in downtown Pittsfield. Kent and Siobhan are very busy preparing for these races and are also in the process of moving the Berkshire Running Center to its new location in Pittsfield, adjacent to the new trailhead of the Cook Rail Trail. Kent and Siobhan, welcome to the Let's Run podcast. I, I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedules to talk with me. Thank you for having us. Good morning, Tim. Thanks so much. We're squeezing this podcast in at seven in the morning because I, I know you, you guys are really busy. Do you have any spare time these days to do anything else besides running and your store? Believe it or not, we do. Wow. We actually, on top of this, Kent and I each have careers outside of Berkshire Running Center. Really? So, so I'm curious, what do you do then? Myself, I am uh, the assistant director to the Office of Cultural Development for the city of Pittsfield. Wow. And I'm a territory manager for Harold's. Um, we, we sell uh, products to turf grass managers. Oh, well, yeah, because you were a golf course superintendent, right? Correct, for many years. Yeah. And we also have um, five children and our first grandchild on the way. On the way. Oh, yeah, being a grandparent is wonderful. So I have a, yeah. I, I have a two-year-old grandson, and it's a lot of fun. <laughs> we're excited, yes. So we have a few things on the burner. Yeah, awesome. So I'd like to... First, talk about the steel rail races, and then we'll move on to the Berkshire Running Center. And, and finally, we'll discuss your own running and, and coaching accomplishments. So on Sunday, May 22nd, there's three steel rail events, right? There's an AK, a half, and a full marathon. So um, can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. The, the Mountain One steel rail races have new routes this year for the very first time um, because of the extension of the Asha Wilt to Cook Rail Trail down into Pittsfield. 
We now can do a full marathon on the rail trail, starting in Pittsfield, going to Adams, and then coming back. Uh, the half marathon will start in Adams and run to Pittsfield, and then the 8K will start in Pittsfield and be an out and back on the rail trail. So we, we were able to get the marathon certified and measured so that it can be a Boston qualifier. And um, yeah, we're excited for the, the new start finish locations. The race itself is 10 years. This will be our 10th year running the steel rail races. So there's been different adaptations over the years. But one thing that we pride ourselves on is that it addresses the two things most runners want, a beautiful course, and a flat course. Yep. So fast we have beautiful. fast, beautiful, and- So I ran the half in, in 2018. I ran, so nice. back then it, it started at the Berkshire Mall, which I was surprised, right. when I get to the Berkshire Mall, I was surprised that the mall was closed. It didn't, right, didn't seem right, like it's right. been open that long. The only store that was open was Target. We've moved it from that area down to, adjacent to the Allendale Shopping Center, which is where we're actually moving be our business. Berkshire Running Center. So we're about 500, uh, yards from the start and finish line. And uh, a, that's a very popular shopping area that we're moving into. That'll be good for your business too, I think, right? Let's hope Fingers so. Crossed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's awesome. And, and I can attest it was, it was a beautiful route with the year I ran. It was, you know, we went along the rail trail, went from Lanesboro to Adams then. And of course we right. had the steel rail beer afterwards. And that was, that's yeah, always. So well, <laughs> this year, uh, the, the city of Pittsfield has come on board to help support this event and with the extension of the rail trails. So the marathon will start in the morning at 8.30. They'll travel to Adams and then they will join the half marathoners in Adams and they'll all run back to Pittsfield. So we're just taking the course and flipping it for the half marathon. The marathon itself we were saying has less than 300 230 feet. something feet of elevation gain or loss over the 13 or 26 oh, miles. Nice and flat. So what's involved with getting your marathon certified as a Boston qualifier? So, yeah, you have to have it measured. And so we had John Frey come out from Northampton and he, uh, it's very complicated. Like you have to take your tire pressure on your bike. You have to, the air temperature, temperature. you've oh, got to wow. take a steel tape and measure Change out so it. many feet. Yep. And re if you're off, you have to measure the course more than once. And if you're off by a certain percentage, you have to do it again. But basically it's a very finite measurement of the course. It's submitted to USA track and field by a certified, uh, a certifier, a course certifier, and then they have to approve it. And then it, it gets a certification number and uh, then becomes eligible to be a qualifying race. Well, that's great. So, uh, well, hopefully that will help uh, motivate more people to uh, register. Our hope right now, we have 27 states represented in wow. the event. Yeah. And that's a, a goal for us is it, it becomes a, a real economic driver for Berkshire County. That's great. Yeah. We have a few in Western Mass. The um, Holyoke, uh, the, the uh, Walter Childs Race of Champions, of course. And we also now have the, uh, the Green River Marathon. That, actually, the Green River, that's, that, that's become very popular. That's at the end of August because that one is scheduled right before the registration for Boston, so, which is in September. Yes, we, uh, I've run the, that, inaugural the inaugural race. For that, that was a, that's a beautiful course. Boy, talk about a quad buster, those first six yeah. miles. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of like Boston, right? So our hope is for all of those that might not have had their best Boston in April that they could come out and try again at our race in, in May. So okay, great. So how's the registration going? You, you say you had 27 states. So you must have a limit. The fact that it's on a bike path must somehow limit the uh, how many people you can accommodate. We're about 85% full. Wow, that's awesome. And we're a month out. So when we first started the race, we kind of kept the numbers down to test out uh, how many people we could accommodate on the trail. And at the end of each year, we would ask the runners, how was it out there? Was it crowded? And each year, everybody said it was you know, great. It was wide open. So we kind of crept the numbers up and our, our kind of our cap is a thousand, just under a thousand. That would be the goal that we're going for. But we're, we're shooting for About 800, yeah, 750 800. this year. Great. So now for the half marathon, how do you manage the transportation of runners going up to Adams? That's a great question. We have a wonderful company here called Dufour that has been with us every year and we shuttle everybody. So we have a bus at the start that takes everybody's bag with them or to the finish. 
And then for two, I think two and a half hours, we shuttle people back up to Adams. So when you did the race, we were doing that as well. We had a shuttle that returned people to Lanesboro. Now we're just going to do it down the street. So we find it much more logistically better to have uh, shuttle people back to the finish or the start rather than shuttling everybody to the start, because then you just get a mass of people that all have to use the porta potties at once. (laughs) Right, right. What we do appreciate, though, just having come off of running the New York half is the logistics of our event in that you drive to the starting line. You really, yeah. like you park your car and you can walk over across the street to the starting line as opposed to the four hour schlep to oh. somewhere for the waiting around. And, you know, so this is a, a really nice hometown hands-on race of where you can, everything is right there for you. You know, the nice thing is, you know, when you'd go to an event that's put on by runners, they tried to take care of it from the runner's perspective. And that's been our goal all along. So we try to make things a little bit easier as opposed to my four and a half hour wait in Brooklyn. Oh, Brooklyn. Yeah, I went through that with the um, New York Marathon. Yeah, you, you have to get up early for the bus. And, and I, yeah, I had to wait many hours in Staten. It was Staten Island. Well, we figured out a trick this year, Tim, is we stayed in Staten Island the night before. Oh, okay. And Kent drove us to the start. It was pretty sweet. Nice. There's a secret. <laughs> that is a great event. So now is the rail trail extension, is that, um, that's complete now, I take it? And have they had their ribbon cutting? That's ribbon May cutting 7th. Is, yes, it's not technically open. They, at, we were down there the other day and they were pouring some concrete around the, the restrooms there. So they're just doing a few last uh, minute things. But uh, yeah, May 7th, they're going to have the ribbon cutting ceremony and open it up. Yeah, uh, so we'll be there for that. And we're yeah. excited. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, so now you said the steel rail, it's, uh, this is the what 10th year, I think you said. Technically the 10th, but we had the whole COVID, you know, so we're keeping it because we kept the race going through COVID. We, and then we adjusted by having it in the fall to make up. So we're going with number 10. So what motivated you to uh, create that race? Well, uh, we, having gone and run many races in many different venues, we uh, kind of were one afternoon saying, why don't we have a large race in the Berkshires? It's such a beautiful place to run. And yet we don't have, uh, you go to Utica, I mean, nothing against Utica, but it's a great race, but it's not necessarily a place that you would think of traveling to to run like you would the Berkshires. So it was just kind of our goal to try to bring a big time race to the Berkshires as an economic driver, not only for all the businesses here, but also for Berkshire Running Center. They haven't seen it yet here in the Berkshires, which is kind of interesting to us. So we we're a big proof of concept, what the running community can create and doing that in this slow progression, like Kent said, trying to make sure that we are successful with the growth of this every year before we take it into waves and making it something even bigger. But yeah, 2012 was our first. And this is great because everything that we're doing with our business and the bike path is just all coming together at the same time. Right. So we're super excited. That's great. So, so when did you decide to expand the event to include a marathon, the full marathon? Before we do, we, I want to just say that in addition to that, what we did was we have the rail trail here, which is where they're converting old railroad to bike, bike paths. And we have this amazing company, Berkshire Brewing Company, that makes a beer called Steel Rail. So there's where the whole thing came together was uh, Kent likes Steel Rail beer. I like it too, by the way. <laughs> like that, supporting that local company, because Berkshire Brewing Company is here in the Berkshires. And that's where that all came together. So the, the why we decided to start a marathon was twofold. First of all, corporate sponsorship. Uh, Mountain One, we couldn't have done it without their support uh-huh. and the city of Pittsfield and their tire, their support to make it, uh, ha- make it all happen. So those two pieces are what we'd wanted to have a marathon, but a lot goes into it. And without the support of those two entities, I, I don't think we probably would have ventured to, ha- to have one. So Mountain One Bank got involved, I think, for the, the, the sponsor of the marathon. Mountain One is actually uh, insurance, investments, banking. They do it all there. 
in the running community is one of those here in the Berkshires where Kent was training the president's wife for a triathlon (laughs) and, and the president took my fitness classes and we just got to talking about the potential. I'll just say, Tim, I run New York every year. So this year will be my 14th New York. Wow. Impressive. And if you look at the reports that come out after that event every year, this year in particular, the average that they say each runner spends in the city over that weekend is $1,800. That goes back into the economy for New York. So we try to present that to the area here in the Berkshire saying that this on a much smaller scale, but bringing a thousand runners to the Berkshires for a weekend they have to stay somewhere, they have to eat, they shop. It's an impact. Sure. So we just think that we have everything here that would make it the absolute perfect event. I agree. It is the beautiful course and the Berkshires are a beautiful area. One of my daughters is getting married this summer in New Marlborough. And, and um, in fact, you mentioned Dufour Bus Company. We're using them for the bus to take wedding guests from the hotel to the reception and back. It's a good company. Great. So you've run New York 14 consecutive times? Not consecutive. I had three kids along the way. And <laughs> so how do you get in every year? Do you qualify? Qualify. So the Steel Rail is a certified course for New York. And okay. I hate to tell everybody this, but you know, you can get into New York with your half qualifying time. That's true. Yes. Their marathon qualifying time is harder than Boston, but their half. Oh, it is. Time. I know. Um, but the half though, but- isn't that bad then. I'll have to keep that in mind. Yeah, I've been fortunate up until the last couple of years and age starts to catch up with me. But this is the first year that I'm actually going to, I missed out by a couple minutes for qualifying. I'm going to run for the Achilles team. Don't they relax their qualifying standards with age like Boston does? That's the only way I can run Boston is because <laughs> I'm 67 years old. Well, what happened was my qualifying time I ran in 2019 and then they weren't going to take it and I didn't run anything during the pandemic. So I didn't have one to go on. I tried the lottery, but if I run next year, I get my 15 and I'm in for life. Oh, awesome. That's great. So last October you had your first steel rail marathon, but it was like you said, it was on a different course. So how did that event go? It went smoothly. You know, the course was less than ideal, but we just had to make do. There was several factors in play. And I think this year is going to be so much better, so much easier, so much faster than the so, course yeah. that, that we had last year because it's just an out and back. And And the half marathoners will start before any of the marathoners get to the, the turnaround point. So as the marathoners make the turn, they're going to be catching half marathon runners the whole way. So you've got that pull, you know, to keep you going, which I think is going to be great for the the marathon runners. And we saw that last year, it got to the, you know, the meat of the finishers where we had all three races coming in. You know, we do a nice job of being able to distinguish them by bib color so you can figure out who's running. We're excited. I am too. So do you feel like the number of participants, are we back to pre-COVID levels yet? It's in a slow recovery. There's attrition for sure. So what we've noticed, we did a series through the winter. We have a similar to down in Springfield. We have a winter series of 5Ks. We saw about 20% attrition from registration to people actually coming to the event. I think that's 15% across the board seems to be about where everything is less than it was pre-COVID. That being said, I think this season will get everybody back. I think they need to feel safe and comfortable returning. Yeah, Yeah, it took us a little while to get back too. But again, I think everybody's handling it well. We were down there for New York, 25,000 runners a couple weeks ago. And I felt like everything was back to normal. And we felt Mm -hmm. really comfortable and safe the way they were doing things. So Mm -hmm. that's great. Do you still need race volunteers? Yes, yes, yes. Always. (laughs) And we take very good care of our volunteers. Get they get to, a, race, a volunteer race. shirt. They get a, they get a, to eat and drink. Tickets to the after party. Yep. Once their job is done. They yes. can. <laughs> <laughs> it takes for yeah. us to put this event on. We like to have we, that. You know, you, you can't put a, a race on like this without volunteers. It's just impossible. And we've been lucky to get the, the volunteers, but we have water stops every two miles on the rail trail. 
We have people at the finish line. We have on the, bus. on the buses, um, registration. You know, we have every road crossing. On our website, BerkshireRunningCenter.com, you can go there and there is under events, volunteer for a race. So you can just sign up right on our website. Super easy. Get us your shirt size and then we, uh, we'll be we in have, touch. Yeah, we have stuff going on all weekend. So we'll have an expo for our bib pickup Thursday, Friday, Saturday. A reminder, there is no day registration for this race. So it's there's no day of registration. It's going to end before then. Yes, Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. So now I'd like to talk about the Berkshire Running Center. So I've read that your vision for the store is for it to be the Grand Central Station for running in the Berkshires. So prior to opening the store, because Kent, you were a golf superintendent and Siobhan, I believe you worked as a trainer. You worked at Berkshire Nautilus. It's amazing what you can find out about people online. (laughs) So what motivated you to open your running store? So I had really gotten seriously into the sport in uh, 2001. I kind of went on this vision quest, which we'll probably talk about later, but was really heavily into running. I was coaching and I was like, why do I always have to drive over an hour out of the Berkshires to go to a run specialty store to buy my stuff and uh, started playing around with the idea about why isn't there a run specialty store in the Berkshires? And so I started thinking about it and kind of ran into Siobhan, who was already doing training, which I had always envisioned to be part of a store if I was going to open it. And we kind of put our brains together and uh, decided to open up Berkshire Running Center. Yeah, Kent was still... We should, and this is a funny story if anybody cares. We were both married and raising our families, and Kent was planning to stay on to the golf course for a while. So we opened the business while he stayed there for a year and got it started. And then we got married. (laughs) We'll just skip for everything in between. (laughs) I read an interesting story about your wedding. Best wedding ever. Yeah. Um, Well, it was a surprise wedding, right? It was, it was. It was a, not, not a surprise, but a surprise. Like we, we knew <laughs> we were getting there. We just know where. Well. We knew what yeah. was going to happen sometime. You just didn't yeah. know when. <laughs> Literally, he tricked me to go mark a trail. Um, up, up in Monroe State Forest. And I was not going easily and I wasn't being very nice. And he still married me anyways. But the great <laughs> thing was, is he had our family and justice of the peace at this spectacular overlook. Raycroft outlook and uh, 10 minutes, just like, you know, efficient (laughs) in and out, went out to dinner. It was great. (laughs) And then we put our store into Berkshire Nautilus. Our concept was to have a retail store and training center in the one place. And we grew out of that quickly and we expanded to Depot Depot Street, where we are now. And we grew out of that. And now we're moving to the Allendale Shopping Center. So in addition to a retail store, you have training groups, and then you also do race production and timing. We do. So let's talk about the training groups for a minute. I think you have a training group for uh, the Steel Rail Marathon, right? A 16-week, I believe. Yes. We originally started with run training groups. Another one that we do that's popular is we we call it Lemmy Run, which is is kind of a learn-to-run, where we take people who want to run, but feel for one reason or other, they aren't able to figure out how to do it on their own. And we kind of walk them through. That's been That's super, huge. Yeah, successful. it's been very yeah. popular. We're also a full training facility. So we have indoor cycling studio. We have treadmills. We do strength training classes, fitness training, yoga. So we have a whole studio that has daily class schedule on top of the run training that we do as well. And Kent has done education and training workshops on triathlons. We work with the many, if not all of the races around here. Yes, we time uh, high school cross country races, <clears throat> pretty much all of the local. And that was kind of the goal was that most people, they were struggling to get people to time their races out here because they're smaller events, uh, usually 100 people or less, and it gets expensive to bring in a race timing company. So we knew that from firsthand because we were bringing people in to time our races and we decided to make the investment, buy some fairly simple timing equipment and time our own races and then offer the services for all the local 5Ks that people want to put on, 10Ks and whatnot. And uh, in we, the high school race. Yeah, and the fun. high school race uh, became a nice add-on midweek when we weren't uh, necessarily timing anything else. So how many races would you say you time in a year? 
So pre-COVID, we were about 125 events. So that would count <clears throat> weekly series and things like that. So over the year, about 125. You know, it's down right now, but I'll tell you, I know we have 10 events in the next month that we're timing and people are very anxious to get races back. So weekends are filling up fast for all of the races that were canceled over the last year. Everybody's wanting to come back and we're running out of weekends. <laughs> Siobhan, I, I know you have to leave in a, a few minutes. So I just want to talk about your running and coaching for a bit. So the training group, do you lead the training groups at Berkshire Running Center? Yeah, we both do. And most of our family works with us too, our daughter and son and our staff. But we like to look at it this way when we talk about our training. We have Kent who can address the elite level of runner and the, the training that it takes to go to the caliber that he's been. And then there's the mere mortal training, which is myself. So that's the majority of the people that we are taking on as clients. So when we do our training groups, we are happy to say that we can cover the spectrum of anybody that shows up. So whether they're looking to get their qualifier time or they're just looking to learn. Both Kent and I teach and train. So you, you offer both group training and personal training? Yes. And Siobhan, I think that you worked at some resort out in the Berkshires. Yeah, Canyon Ranch. It's Canyon a- Ranch, that's it. 25 years as an outdoor guide. So hiking, kayaking, doing runs and things like that. Wow. So I know you have to leave in a few minutes, Siobhan. I just want to talk about your running. So you've run New York Marathon. This will be my 14th New York Marathon. So how many marathons? 24. 24 total. Wow. I know Kent was a high school athlete. Were you a high school athlete also? No, I was the most unfit person you'd ever meet. (laughs) My first son was born. I started running. Well, right before he was born. So almost closing in on 30 years ago. Wow. And I did the whole thing, you know, into my 40s. And then I ran Boston three times. And then I had more kids started slowing down. (laughs) But I run New York every year because I love that event. So would you say that's your favorite event then, New York Marathon? No, the Steel Rail Marathon. <laughs> oh, I'm <is> sorry. <laughs> second. That's your second favorite. Our goal is to emulate what they have produced in our version of it. It's right. just something that people are anxious and wanting to do every year. That's great. Have you ever done an ultra? Anything past 26.2? Nope. Well, when she runs her marathons, she usually has a couple of detours. So she probably gets it's over probably... 26.2. Oh, now. yeah. I have done over 26.2. <laughs> Not by choice, but, (laughs) and that's enough for me. I love to be out there just to stay healthy. I want to be doing it for the rest of my life and maybe be the oldest woman to ever run New York would be my goal. That's awesome. (laughs) Well, as you know, in New York, once you cross the finish line, it's about a mile before you can actually kind of get out of the, um, we know with me one year, that was his least favorite part of the race. I'm in it for the long haul kind of thing. So do you two ever go out running together? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to run with Kent, Tim, if you've ever done it. Yeah, I'm sure it must be hard to keep up with. He doesn't slow down for you. So, <laughs> Kent, we'll talk about your running in a minute because you have some amazing time. You're in a different league than certainly I am. So back to the store then. Do you have, in addition to the run training group, do you still have indoor cycling? classes? We yes. Do. So we, we have the Kaiser M3i bikes and a Speedy system, which is a video projection system. So it takes all of the data from the bikes and kind of puts people up on a screen. And so we, it's fun. It's, fun. it's, it's a, it's cut the only one in the area that's like this. I just have a dog who's uh, really <laughs> to get in here. <laughs> She's been parring at the door for the last five minutes. We talked about your timing. You also are a race production company. So you organize a lot of races and host races. So, of course, we've talked about the steel rail races. What are the other, some of the other big events on your race calendar? We're excited because the October 9th this year will be the inaugural Berkshire Half Marathon. So we are starting a new event on October 9th. 
it's going to be an out and back half marathon. Guess where? On the Ashwaukee Path. Foliage in the Berkshires is kind of a just a win all over the place. So that's the peak weekend for it. There's a big surprise about this one this year. And Tim, we can't tell you, <laughs> but uh, we can tell you that registration opens on May 23rd. If you run the steel rail races this year, you can register for the Berkshire Half Marathon on May 22nd. This thing's going to sell out fast and we, we can't wait to tell you what the big surprise is. Oh, I'll keep my ear to the ground for that one. Yeah, please do because we're um, expecting a big turnout for it. So the new post, I read somewhere about 25 races. Is that? Yeah. So throughout Berkshire County, we host some up um, Mount Greylock Road Race is one of the big ones that we put on. It's a USATF mountain Mount series. series yeah. uh, we put on the Guido's grade eight down in Great Barrington, which is a beautiful eight mile run through the back country of Great Barrington and Sheffield. We and do the women's race on Mother's Day, which is the oldest all female running race in the country. So that's 46 years going. So that one we have. We do the uh, Glen Meadows races up in Greylock Glen at the base of Mount Greylock. And then we do a winter frosted mug series, which is a lot of fun, a 5K series during the winter. We do it at local restaurants that will host us in the crazy you winter. Run, you run and you get a, you know, a, a beer. beer afterwards. <laughs> That's neat. This is a perfect time for me to bow out. I'm going to thank you, Tim, for your time. And Kent's going to tell you all about how much he loves me. Yeah. <laughs> so nice to meet you, Siobhan. And thank you for uh, joining the podcast. Thanks so much. Ken, I'd like to now talk about your running. You're, you're certainly, like I said, in a different league than I'm in. And I understand you've always been involved with athletics. What were your favorite sports in, in high school and college? So I started off kind of being a golfer at four years old. My, I had four older brothers and my father and all, everybody golfed. So it was a great thing that I could get out there with them and spend some time with them. Um, but just super active kid. We played hockey. We played, we played every sport. I, I always say I was a jock of all sports and a master of none. But I played basketball in college and high school. I played golf in college and high school. Played soccer in high school. So I always thought running was just you know something you did to get in shape to play a sport. I didn't really right. look at it as its own sport. So when did you make that transition then? So this was my big, you know, I call it the vision quest because I'm a child of the 80s. So <laughs> it was September 11th, 2001, and I was driving up to play in a golf championship at the Country Club of Vermont. And I was listening to Howard Stern and he was talking about what was happening in New York City. And I got up there and everybody was like, oh, my, can you believe what's happening? And we ended up playing the tournament. My team ended up winning. I still have a picture. It's the Camel's Hump Mountain. Mm -hmm. And it says first place, September 1, 2001. And on the way home, I thought to myself that I'd never really done anything to the best of my ability. And I'd, I'd been running to, to kind of get in shape. And I thought that maybe I could be good at this running thing. So I made a challenge to myself to mentally and physically challenge myself to try to become the best runner that I could become on that ride home. And that's when the journey started. Wow. That's impressive. So, um, like I said, you have a long list of running accomplishments. Back in, in 2017, you won the USA Track and Field Masters Grand Prix individual event of 50 to 54 age group. So what distance was that? So the Grand Prix is a combination of uh, many different races, and you have to accumulate points by running so many of them. And uh, I obviously try to stay away from the really longer races and focus on like the 5K, 8K, 10K distances. And I actually won that three years in a row I, uh, when I turned 50, 51 and 52, and then kind of COVID hit for my 53, 54 year age group. So um, they weren't really contested. So I, I would say that I, you know, I, I, I kept the championship for, for another year, at least anyhow. Well, it seems like you're running, you're getting stronger as you get a little older. <laughs> uh, I always tell people I start either running races that I haven't run before or, uh, <laughs> I definitely was competitive in my age group, but no, my fastest times are definitely behind me now for sure. But it's fun that you can keep competing as you get older and competing against people in your own age group. And 
doing the age graded also. That's where all the the uh, prize, the big money is in the age graded. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'm in my 60s. So I'm grateful for the age group categories. So in 2013, you ran um, run Westfield, the flat and fast. Your time was 15 minutes, 13 seconds, which was a, a blazing 491 pace. <laughs> you might be 4.91 minutes, but... Four, yeah, four, yeah, that's what I mean. 4.91. Yeah, that was actually my second fastest 5K. I ran the Hollis down past 5K a little bit faster, I think like 15.08, but only broken that five-minute mile pace on 5K three times, those two downhills. And one year during the Pittsfield 4th of July race, I ran a 15.15 for uh, third place that year. <laughs> so just talk about the, the fast and flat it's the day before your the steel rail races. It's it's Saturday the twenty first because I'm registered for it. That that race. That's the only time I ever broke twenty two minutes <laughs> was in that race because it's a net downhill race. Yeah, well, it's 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 really flat, right? So you have that tiny little uphill start, and then it's really flat. Oh yeah, Stanley Park. But then that last mile is where you can really then then it starts to go downhill, and it's really fast. There. Right. So you, did you used to be a member of the Greater Springfield Harriers? I still am. Oh, you still are. Oh, you know, our 50 plus team was national champions for several years in a row and it ran through, through my forties with the Harriers. And yeah, I, I'm still a member. I've just I haven't participated in an event in a couple of years. Yeah. Right. Well, that's good. Well, hopefully maybe we'll see you in uh, Springfield sometime. So then your, your marathon races. Uh, how, so how many marathons have you completed? Oh, that's the question. I, I, I don't like to think about the marathons. I've never, never really enjoyed them. I'm more of a short distance guy, but I ran my first marathon in 2002, which was the Bay State Marathon. And I happened to qualify for Boston. And back then, you know, if you ran in October, you could still get into Boston in the spring. So I signed up and ran Boston in the spring of 2003. And then that fall, I ran the Bay State Marathon. And uh, won it. I'm sorry, the the Mohawk Hudson Marathon. Mohawk and, Hudson, right. Look that one up. That was uh, 2.32 you ran. I ran that in 2.32 and, and was first place and then wow. was trained to run Boston for 2004, was in probably the best shape of my life and ended up dropping out. And that's when I thought these marathons were ridiculous. And <laughs> had I did come back and run a couple of them after that, but never anything super seriously. I ran New York with Siobhan, I ran Boston a couple more times. I dropped out of Boston one more time and finished, I think, one or two other times. Ran Bay State one year because uh, I was trying to win the uh, New England Grand Prix Championship that year, and I didn't have enough points to skip the marathon, mm -hmm. so I had to. So any, any of your Bostons or New York, any events stand out? Anything memorable? I'm not really a fan of the big marathons just because of the logistics unless you're a, an actual elite athlete where they kind of give you everything you need right up at the start there's just so much trying to get to the start line is almost a marathon mm -hmm. of its own um, so the, the mohawk cuts and the smaller ones i much more appreciated that it was just logistically set up for those sub elite athletes who really wanted to try to run fast so um, and then to win a marathon and then not a lot of people can say that they actually have won one so that, that yeah that, that, was, that must be quite a feeling that <laughs> break the tape yeah so in addition to marathons you've run uh, a mile you ran the Hartshorn memorial masters mile and with a four minutes 42.76 seconds so that was in my 50s and i won that race in my 50s it's funny i ran it two years in a row with almost identical times but one year was way harder than the other year <laughs> i think First year, I didn't think I was in that good of shape, so I started off really slow and then ran a blazing fast last 400. And then the next year, I came back thinking I was in much better shape and started off on a really torrent pace and fell apart the last 400 meters and mm -hmm. had to drag across the finish line. But my fastest mile was actually at the New Balance Indoor Games. Oh. So they have a master's mile at, at the New Balance Indoor Games. And when I just kind of turned 40, I went down and ran that and I ran a 425 mile Wow! as a 40, I think 40 or 41 year old. And it was pretty much a solo effort. Uh, I had a little bit of help the first 200 meters and then I took the lead and ran the last 1400 meters solo and ran a 425. So do you have any special running shoes that you prefer? 
No, you know, I'm obviously a, a Saucony for my spikes, but I used to love the Pure Cadence from Brooks. They stopped making them, but that was probably my all-time favorite shoe that I love to train in. But they're always changing shoes, so I'm always trying the new ones and finding which ones I like the best. For my races, I use the Nike Vaporflies, you know, the 4% uh, with the carbon plate. They're very light. I swear by them. We have carbon plated shoes also. And as an owner of a small run specialty store that Nike won't open with, I kind of feel like they lost their roots of where they came from. And now they're big corporate. So I don't tend to support them just for that reason. So the Saucony Endorphin, if you want to give that a try, does okay. the Nike Vaporfly 4%. Okay, I, I will. Yeah, but you're not the first person to tell me that, by the way. I'm friends with uh, Tim and Jill Murphy, who managed a four-run three-store in East Longmeadow here, and they've told me some more things about Nike. Yes. You also compete in Ironman competitions. You're the three-time winner of the Josh Billings Runaround Kayak Ironmans. Let's not confuse this with a true Ironman where you're running 26 miles and biking 120. So the Josh Billings is the second oldest triathlon where you actually paddle, right? So you have to have a vessel. So I use the surf ski, which is most people would look at it and think it's a kayak. I actually was a five time. I had a five feet. I won it five oh, years. Five. In a row. And I, I actually won it the iron person seven times out of the nine that I attempted it. But I love it. It's a great change of pace. It starts with a 27 mile bike leg. That's a mass start bike. So you have 400 cyclists all lined up shoulder to shoulder, which is terrifying and exhilarating all at the same time, as you could imagine. And then you transition onto a boat um, and you paddle five miles around the Stockbridge Bowl. And then you get out and you try to run after doing all that. Mm -hmm. It's a six mile, hilly six mile run to the finish line at Tanglewood. So, wow. you know, you have to train for all three of those and you have to practice the transitions because uh, I'll tell you, after you use your legs for cycling for so long, and then you sit in the boat and you don't realize it, but you're not really using them a lot. And you got the water splashing on them and the wind blowing on them and they get really cold. And then you try to get out of that boat and uh, run. And I, I call it your Franken running for a little while. <laughs> and then after about a mile, you know, your legs loosen up and you can kind of settle in and, uh, and start actually running again. Wow. Do you prefer that over just straight running or? Well, I really enjoy that because it's uh, it was kind of my down season. So my typical season would be that I would do this cross training in the summer because I live in such a beautiful place in the Berkshires. And how nice is it to be able to go out on Anoda Lake or Pontusic Lake and paddle or, or to go to all these beautiful places on my bike where I can be out there for a couple hours riding. So I would do a lot of cross training in the summer and then kind of end with that Josh Billings. And then I would start back into my serious run training. I'd get ready for cross country season. And then that would kind of turn into indoor track season. And then I'd use that fitness from indoor track to go back to racing in the roads on the springtime. And then it would all kind of accumulate with the 4th of July uh, race in Pittsfield. And then I'd start my cross training again. So it was a nice break for me, but I like the change of pace. But the running races, I like the shorter stuff. The mile to the 5K is really my sweet spot. Everybody wants to know, oh, do you run far? Do you run? And it's like, well, in, in high, I coached high school track and field. And the kind of saying is, if you run fast, you can. If, if you can't, you run longer, right? So <laughs> you know, if you're having success at racing the mile and the 5K uh, more so than when you do the longer stuff, then why would you want to go be out there for a lot longer time? If you're <laughs> Good point. So let's talk about coaching. So you coach, um, I believe you've coached track and field at Mount Greylock Regional High School. Yeah, so it started with when my daughter, Jackie, uh, was a seventh grader. They were looking for somebody to help coach the distance kids up there at Mount Greylock. And I had really just started running a, a few years prior, but had had such uh, tremendous success that they, they kind of wanted to know what my special sauce was. And I started working there as an assistant, coaching all the distance kids, and gradually uh, ended up becoming the boys' head coach up there. But great team of coaches up there. Uh, Brian Gill, I can't say enough good things about him. He's still up there, still coaching. That guy knows everything about all the different – he can wear whatever hat you need him to wear, and he's very, very good at it. And then I also coached up at MCLA as a cross-country running team in the fall, and that's where I met Nick Curlop, who is our store manager for Berkshire Running Center. When he was a freshman, he was my first-year coaching. He was a freshman. And I've known him ever since, and he's been a big part of our life ever since. 
So do you get involved with coaching training groups at the running center? Yeah, you know, I help out with our group trainings. I had to kind of give up all of my coaching jobs because I just got too busy with the running center and, and the races and the timing. And that's one of the reasons why I really enjoy still going to time the high school cross-country races when I can, because I am still a big fan of the sport and love to watch it. But yeah, we help lead the group runs out of Berkshire Running Center. I'm not running as many miles anymore uh, as I used to, but I still enjoy running and getting out there and, and running with other people is the best part. So you still entering events or you you've kind of tapered back? I've kind of tapered back. I, I, I said I was going to write a book and say from September 11th to COVID-19, my life on the run, <laughs> because when COVID hit, it started a new job. And I was still trying to maintain my fitness. And then I was like, why am I killing myself here? There's no races to run in. <laughs> the virtual thing was not for me at all. Like the whole thing about training no. for me was I love the competition. Like I really didn't love the training. I love the competition to go out there and go head to head against other people and try to beat them. That was what yeah. was my enjoyment out of the sport. So without having that, I kind of lost my interest and then kind of shifted my focus towards my new job and maybe trying to make some money. I am going to eventually, hopefully <laughs> retire someday. So <laughs> I put my focus on that and my running has become more recreational. I've gotten back to golfing again. Oh, wow. Nice. So Ken, it's been a pleasure having you as a guest on the Let's Run podcast and want to wish you the best of luck with the Steel Rail Marathon and all the events on May 22nd. And of course, with your new store opening, I've never been to your store, but I'm going to make it a point to come out there soon. And hopefully when I come out, you and Siobhan will be there and I'll, I'll get to meet you in person. Well, yeah. And, and uh, you know, the nice thing is if you come to run in one of the steel rail races, the store will, will be right there and right. come pick up your stuff early and you can shop. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> like to do that. Endorphin so. pros. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Break that Nike habit, I guess. So my everyday shoes are actually uh, Asics. My Asics Gel Cayanos, a bit of a stability Great shoe. shoe. Well, thanks again, and um, good luck. Thank you, Tim. It was nice meeting you, and good luck with the podcast. Thank you. My featured guest on my last podcast was Bill Wells from Wilbraham. This past weekend, Bill ran for 24 hours straight from 9 a.m. on Saturday morning to 9 a.m. on Sunday morning, to support suicide prevention and mental health awareness. I checked in with Bill on Sunday, and he reported that he finished vertical with no major issues, completing almost 90 miles. Donations support the Mental Health Association of Springfield, specifically their Best Life Center for Emotional Health and Wellness. And you can still donate at mhainc.org. Congratulations to Bill for a great job. The weather for this year's Boston Marathon was picture perfect. Sunny with temperatures in the high 40s. Nice running weather, except for a bit of a headwind. This was the first time in three years that the marathon was held on Patriots Day due to COVID. There was a full field of approximately 30,000 runners, and it felt like the number of spectators was at pre-pandemic levels. The expo wasn't as large as in previous years, but I still shelled out $120 for the official jacket, which of course I did not wear until after completing the race. I trained with a four-run three training group led by Jill Murphy, and I felt better prepared for this race than I did last October. Everything was going great for me until mile 23, when I tripped and fell by the trolley tracks at Cleveland Circle. It all happened so fast. I stumbled and banged my head and shoulder on the pavement. A couple of runners asked if I was okay, and I replied, no. I was stunned. A police officer came over and asked if I needed assistance getting up, which I readily accepted. The officer walked me over to the side of the road and offered to take me to the medical tent nearby. But once I was standing for a moment, I regrouped and told the officer that I was fine and would continue the race. I took off before he could convince me otherwise. My shoulder hurt and I was bleeding from my hand, elbow, and knee. But in some weird way, the fall jolted me into trying to run faster, as I knew I needed some medical attention, and I figured the sooner I could finish the race, the sooner I could get checked out. I eventually finished the marathon and made it to the medical tent just past the finish line on Boylston Street, where the paramedics cleaned and bandaged my wounds. 
No stitches, nothing broken. I was lucky. The paramedic told me that they treat quite a few runners who have fallen at that location. Perhaps the BAA should put a mat over the trolley tracks, or at least a sign. Other than that, it was a great day. I took the Greater Springfield Harriers bus from West Springfield to Hopkinton and was greeted by friends and family along the marathon route. While on the bus, I chatted with Bill Romito from Leeds, who was running in his 36th consecutive Boston Marathon. Bill hinted that this might be his final one, but we'll see. Congratulations to Bill for extending his impressive streak. At the mile 11 water stop, I was greeted by a group of volunteers from 4 Run 3. It was awesome to see some familiar faces along the way. As a side note, if you want to participate in this great event and aren't running it, sign up as a volunteer. In addition to the joy of participation, volunteers received a nice jacket. In Western Mass running news, the weeknight races hosted by the local running clubs are in full swing. On Monday evenings at 6.30 p.m., the Empire One Running Club hosts three-mile cross-country races at Stanley Park in Westfield. On Tuesday evenings at 6.30 p.m., the Sugarloaf Mountain Athletic Club hosts 5K cross-country races that start at Burt's Pitts Road in Northampton. On Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m., the Greater Springfield Harriers host their Summer Sizzler events at Forest Park. The events alternate between an 8K on-road race and a 5K cross-country race. The event on Wednesday, April 27th is an 8K on-road race. And on Thursday evenings at 6.30 p.m., the Empire One Running Club hosts 5K races at Ashley Reservoir in Holyoke. The Holyoke Elks is open for post-race food, drink, and fun. For a listing of all races, check out the Greater Springfield Harriers website. There are 18 events listed between now and the end of May, including the Mountain One Steel Rail races that we talked about on this podcast. Thank you for listening to the Let's Run Western Mass Running Podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe and share with your friends. And as always, happy running! <music>